welcome to episode 20 of the Atalan Rising podcast. Yeah, we've made it to 20 episodes. Today we're joined by Al Ewing, the British-born comic scribe and novelist who broke into the industry writing for 2000 AD and Judge Dredd. Crossing the pond, Mr Ewing wrote Jennifer Blood and then Jets at Dynamite Entertainment before jumping over to Marvel where he wrote The Mighty Avengers and the critically acclaimed Loki Agent of Asgard. Currently, Mr. Ewing is providing scripts for four ongoing series at Marvel, Rocket, US Avengers, Ultimate Squared, and, most importantly, Royals. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Ewing, and welcome to the Adelian Rising podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. So, you know, what is, I think, abundantly clear um, in your writing at Marvel is that you're a very well-read student of the Marvel history, um, just drawing inspiration themes and characters from just about every corner and era of the Marvel Universe. Uh, prior to coming on board to write the Royals, were the Inhumans characters that you felt any particular affinity toward? They were definitely characters I enjoyed reading. I mean, the um, I think the last time, before, before I kind of um, got on board, obviously I'd been reading the, uh, I've been catching up with the, the, the Charles Solron, which, uh, which I enjoyed. Um, I think they kind of came back onto my radar in a big way with the uh, with the Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four stuff. Ah, yeah, which, that was um, wild. I think I was sort of reading that. Um, I think once you start sort of writing at one of these big companies, you start sort of you're not so much reading the comics as a reader anymore. You're kind of reading as a researcher. But like um, the the Hickman stuff, I think was. Uh, I was still like very much just a reader at the time, uh, so you know I was just really enjoying that, um, and all of the all of the kind of weird twists he put it through, um, and the, but yeah, I think, uh, and obviously I'm a big fan of the um, of the very early Fantastic Four as well, the sort of the the Stan and Jack run, which introduced the Inhumans, right? So. Um, <laughs> Some great stuff. Yeah. Was there a, was any any of the characters like a right off the bat a favorite for you? Um, oh, I guess out of out of all of them. Um, I mean, out of the cast of Royals, um, I like I like Swain. Um, she kind of appealed to me a lot when I was uh, when I was sort of doing research as to like what any humans to include. Right, I I find I'm I'm enjoying Medusa writing Medusa. And I'm enjoying writing Gorgon. So those sort of, um, and then you've got then you've got like Maximus, who's uh, I think as a as a reader I always enjoyed uh, Maximus, especially um, again the kind of the kind of Hickman Maximus was very uh, it was just an extremely kind of magnetic, charismatic character. Yeah, kind of on the page, um, and you know, and he made for a great villain as well. So, um, but the thing is, he's kind of, um, he's kind of very, I don't want to say easy to write, but he's sort of, he kind of suggests, uh, it's hard to put it into words, but it's like, it's fun. It kind of, yeah, it's a lot of fun to write him. Uh, it flows a lot. His dialogue flows a lot. Um, but in terms of, uh, characters, I kind of empathize with more than I think. Uh, Medusa, Gorgon. I mean, there's no characters in that book that I don't that I don't like uh, yeah. enjoy writing. I mean, Flint. It's nice when I get a chance to sort of 
get into his various issues. Um, and I just did, uh, I think the last issue to be, to come out on the stands was issue three. Yeah. Um, and then issue four and five, there's a, there's a fair amount of crystal. And issue ah, six as well. That's good. So, um, <laughs> well, that's, that's good of, hearing. <laughs> I'm kind of getting into a, yeah, crystal gets some good moments, especially in five, five is, five is a good issue for crystal. Oh, I can't um, wait. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. Of, She's my favorite. And then there's a there's a bit of six, and I'm sort of thinking like basically because um, generally generally with most of my comics, sort of I I have a rough idea of what's coming up, and then I'll sort of you know plan it more intensely as I go. Because of the way we're doing this book, I'm sort of doing that kind of intense planning like way, way ahead. So I'm sort of, um, I'm not giving myself quite as much sort of room to maneuver. But that's okay because uh, since the roles are going out into space, um, I know they're not going to be affected by, you know, happenings on Earth until I come back to Earth. So I can sort of, I can do that kind of thinking ahead without like being worried that it's going to, I'm going to have to sort of swerve to accommodate something. It must be nice to not have to worry about all the events that are currently yeah, always going on. Yeah, I mean, on. I enjoy, I enjoy times, um, but it it does make for a kind of quite refreshing change to sort of abdicate from them for a little while. Um, I think that's but I, no. I always, I don't, I don't want to kind of say anything bad about the events or the times because I do, I do kind of enjoy making them work for me. It's always a nice challenge, but at the same time, I know readers can get a little bit, you know, even if, even if I'm kind of making the tie-in work for me, you know, it's still a tie-in, and readers can get a little bit uh, frustrated with that, I know. So, well, I was a huge fan of of your run on Mighty Avengers, um, you know, when Luke Cage uh, took over. Yeah, the no, team. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun writing that one, and it, I mean. As much as I liked it, it also seemed that you were forced to navigate through a lot of events right off the bat. Forced is a... Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't say forced. Well, asked is closer to it. I mean, basically, it's... Um, certainly with that book, which was very early on, it was like... I kind of wanted to like get involved in these things to kind of try and bring readers in. Yeah. Um, I think these days maybe the way people think about uh, maybe the way people think about times has changed slightly but uh, on the other hand people still people still buy times people still get very invested in events oh yeah no that's um, uh, can't blame Marvel so it's, itself well you know there's and there's still that kind of decision that you have to make was you know should I get involved in this can I make it work for me and I think certainly with the Mighty Avengers, I was thinking, um, yeah, I can make this work for me. And, you know, I do want to, like, I, I really want this book to kind of be a part of the, the shared universe and kind of to sort of matter within the shared universe and, like, be tied in. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I wouldn't want to say, like, editorial forced me to do this because that's, that's not quite true. Um I think it was a consequence of me kind of wanting to be involved. Um, and I think these days I know um, 
if I don't think a book will uh, fit, um, I yeah, I do try to sort of navigate limit around it a little bit, limit it a little bit. <clears throat> I mean, there's um, Ultimates. I think is only doing Ultimate Squared is only doing uh, one tiny issue with Secret Empire, I think, and that's number seven. And the reason for that was that I wanted to kind of be involved with it because I didn't think it made sense um, to like ignore it completely. But at the same time, you know that it, the the books are telling two very different stories. And so, it worked in well with the plot because they had yeah. just um, been kind of told to. They had just defeated that one that guy, yeah. and uh, it, it it flowed nicely. Um, well, I was, I mean, what I was thinking with that was that it would be a really good opportunity for a kind of breather issue and a sort of, maybe a more kind of emotional issue after all of these big sort of, and uh, with with Aud, Aud, Aud Cock on the art, um, we, uh, I mean, her style is very kind of, it's, cool. it's very good for these, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good for these kind of um, these emotional beats, these personal personal stories. Um, I mean, I we've got issue eight about to come out. Sorry, this is veering massively on top off topic for <laughs> okay. But we've got we've got issue eight about to we come all out, read it and anyway. I think <laughs> I think um, that is gonna that is gonna wow people. Ah, I'm looking and, forward uh, to it. I'm I'm hoping from there. Um, you know, she gets she gets plenty of work because um, I don't think I don't think I've had a single artist on Ultimates uh, that hasn't been like a hundred percent top notch. I've been really really lucky on that book. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic read. I recommend it to everyone out there. Yeah, it's um, a very pretty book. <laughs> it's awesome. very pretty. So um, when with uh, in, back to the Inhumans with with yeah. Inhuman, Inhuman Prime. Um, mm-hmm. Which was your your first uh, uh, <clears throat> humans book? It, it was quite clear from off the bat that that you were interested in taking them kind of away from the standard fair super heroics and back to yeah. a more science fiction style roots. Um, I've been I've been sort of asked for a while as a kind of you know just picking your brains thing um, about what thoughts I had about the humans. And I think that was one of them was that, that, um, if I were writing an humans book, it'd be much more of a sort of SF thing. And which it, you know, it turns out it has been, um, yeah. So yeah, I guess, I guess within humans prime and the idea for that was to sort of, um, Because I knew I knew pretty much how Charles was finishing his run, and uh, so Prime was a sort of it ended up being a kind of a way to sort of segue out of the end of that. So you know, it's still it's still the continuing story of the Inhumans, but also to kind of set the table, um, set things up for like where everyone's going. Right. It was also um, a, a touch of a tonal shift, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That which was... um, 
and I, I loved Charles Soule's role. Uh, Rod, oh, it was, it was it was great. Fantastic. I'm really enjoying fantastic. him. I'm really enjoying him on Daredevil. Um, yes, yeah. This is also a great book, right? Um, and uh, but I, you know, and I'm I'm going to assume things that 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 Mr. Soul was kind of asked. Try try and make these guys a little more superhero esque, as opposed to really embracing the weirdness, um, and that perhaps you were given a bit more of a uh, of a free reign to bring back the weird. Um. Oh well. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't want to speculate on what um, on you know on the circumstances that. Um, uh, Charles was in one, or you know what he was, what was the brief, and and what came from him. Um, but from my perspective, it was very much, um, I kind of came in wanting to make them weird. Cool. And <laughs> the um, mission accomplished. The, the, yes. The Civil War Two. <laughs> The Civil War Two Ulysses thing. That uh, was amazing. I love that. If you look at if you look at that, that was before I kind of. Um, that was sort of its own thing. That was uh, they just said, "Do you want to do like uh, a digital, digital first book for um, for Civil War Two and like do a kind of prequel story with Ulysses?" And I came up with this idea for like a sort of escape the room story, kind of a horror story. But it was also a kind of way to like play with some ideas I'd had about the Inhumans and the kind of weirdness of them. And um, so, yeah, if you if you look back at that, there's a kind of there's the sort of beginnings of some thinking about it. Um, and you know, it, it works on its own, and it's sort of um, as it turns out, I'm not really touching uh, Karnak at all. That's, I know. Uh, kind of that's Matt. He's in. He's in Secret Warriors. He's uh, so sort of Matt's. Matt's in charge there. You know, I, um, I I've been loving what Mister Rosenberg's doing with Karnak in in Secret War, Warriors, but at the same time, I, I'm also kind of sad he's not in your book because you capture his dialogue in a really awesome way. Well, thank. Oh well, first off, thank you. Um, I'll tell you, my reasoning there was I thought he'd be more fun on Earth. I was like, I can sort of take him off the table. I can take him away into the space and, you know, take him away from all these other people. But it's like, he's going to be more fun in the human world. So very, very early on when I was sort of in the first discussions about what Rawls was going to be, and we were like picking, picking the team, picking who the seven were. This was this is me and Wilson, uh, Wilson Moss. We sort of uh, got a kind of, we met up at a convention. I think it was New York, and sort of, you know, just found a table somewhere and talked about this stuff uh, in private for a little bit. But um, yeah, that I think that was when we were like talking about who'd be on the ship and you know who the team was going to be, and I think. I forget whether I. I think we both just sort of agreed that you know Karnak was more fun in a kind of Earth situation. He's sort of more fun when he's sort of playing off um, humans. Yeah, and the kind of 
it's almost like the Karnak role, the sort of the um, the weirdo on the ship uh, <laughs> is sort of taken by Maximus. So we kind of don't really need two of them. Yeah, um, and, and also if I were to if I if I were to bring Karnak in, you know that immediately changes a whole bunch of plots. Um, I didn't I didn't want him essentially because uh, you know he's so much more fun on Earth. Yeah, I hadn't um, thought and about. And I'm very that. I am so glad that uh, that Matt picked him up because <laughs> yes. I feel like yeah, yeah. you know he needs he needs to be out there. It's a, I, it's a very good point. I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're quite right that his, his best lines are when he's interacting with humans, um, and he probably wouldn't get that as much were he on the Asterion with the rest of the crew. Um, yeah. Now, when putting together the cast, and it's a great cast, uh, you kind of pulled a fast one on all of us. You, we thought it was Blackbolt, but it turned out to be Maximus. And yeah. I'm assuming you, you, you did that to facilitate the, the solo series by Ahmed and Ward. Um, kind of. I mean, my, uh, my memory of all this is terrible. So the order of, the order of like where things came up, I'm pretty sure when we sat down and talked about it, um, I didn't really want Black Bolt on the ship. I didn't want Black Bolt and Medusa to be uh, to be together. Mm. Um, so I think I think how it was going was that we were looking for a reason why um, Black Bolt might stay behind. And then I think Wilson brought up that Saladin had already had the idea of. Um, and he'll have he'll have talked to you about all the uh, all the Black Bolt secrets. I haven't. Um, I haven't heard that podcast yet, um, but uh, yeah, he had he had his idea. He had the prison idea. Oh, cool. and it's just so suddenly all these together. pieces. Yeah, it just fell into place. All these pieces just so suddenly this you know this problem of like um, oh man you know uh, I'd like I'd like Maximus on the ship, but I'm not too fussed about Black Bolt. You know, huh. suddenly this suddenly it all kind of. That's great. It all kind of falls together. Well, okay, here's the other thing about that. I knew, I didn't know the circumstance of Black Belt series, but I knew he was getting a solo series. So that was part of my thinking there in terms of like not wanting it. Right, you don't want it to be like Wolverine where he can be in 18 different places at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the the thinking is, you know, Black Belt is covered, you know. Um, He's, you know, he's got a great writer, he's got a great artist. He's covered... Uh, we don't need to worry about Black Bolt. I see. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of heard more about what the Black Bolt solo series would involve. Um, and yeah, and it all, it all just, it all just fit together. It all just fell into place. It's one of those, it's... one of those happy things where like, um, I think we're all kind of, we're all doing what we want to do with our books and that all fits together. It's funny to hear that it, it that it it occurred so organically because it it feels like it was keenly designed, you know. It's, it it really did work out quite well. Um, well, we were we were definitely like thinking in terms of you know when are we going to have the reveal? When are we going to? Um, and there was you know there was I think at one point there was talk of like, do we want to do the reveal at the end of Prime? Do we want to do it at the end of issue one? And we ended up doing it at the end of issue two, which I think was the same week that Black Bolt One dropped, or yes, the week before. Yes, or the week before. It was, 
week after. Uh, yeah, it, it, no, no, it was it was a week after. Um, the it it worked out. Um, I mean, I get because it big fun. credit to Mister Mister Moss on this because it it uh yeah no he's brilliant it it, it um it really um was a great tandem. You're you're gonna run out of uh, shocking twist endings for these books. I mean, every so far, every um, issue has had a, <laughs> a well dro- dro- jaw dropping moment. I just I just wrote the shocking twist ending for five. Oh no! Um, okay, it's not so much a twist as a shocking revelation. Yeah, and I mean, in three, I don't know. I dropped, I dropped some three. Hints. Like totally blew my Nobody's... mind. Yeah, three was weird. Three was really I weird. <laughs> I don't think anyone's picked up on some of the hints in three. That's that's going to be more. Um, I mean, basically, in a couple of months, it'll all be. I'm gonna. I'll Much jump. Ahead, I'll jump ahead to my questions about three because I yeah, got a go lot of them. <laughs> go <for it. laughs> um, what a wild ride! I mean, it's such a pivotal moment in the in humans' lore moving forward, um, with a lot of new folds added to uh, the backstory of Black Bolt and his brother Maximus. And um, yeah, I did. I did um, as much research as I could. Into like the old the old issues, a lot of this stuff is on is on Marvel Unlimited, which yeah. makes it easier for me. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're doing the thing we did on Ultimates and having recommended reading. Yes, which is appreciated. Although being able to uh, go look up that uh, issue of Avengers where that story happened, and that issue of Thor where that issue happened, and um, uh, it, it's also really neat the way in which. Um, the artist, I, I, Robinson, G. G. Watt Robinson, he yeah, he, he recreated uh, the costumes, you know, right down to the to the to the you know. Oh no! Tea. Yeah, no, that was um, very cool. Um, that was so, that was very good. Uh, I was very very happy to to have those guys on board. Awesome. You know, but yeah, no, yeah, questions. I uh, so I uh, on, I noticed that on Twitter. You feel a lot of fan questions by basically stating that it's the reader's job to interpret stories themselves. So, with yeah. that in mind... <laughs> I have gone, okay, over the past couple of years, and I think this was starting to happen at the end of Loki, Agent of Asgard, but over the past couple of years, I pretty much... I don't 100% agree with Roland Barthes, but I have pretty much gone full death of the author. I see. Um, and the thinking there is like... If I if I kind of screwed up in terms of um, telling a story, if I sort of um, offended people uh, with like a mistake that I made, then my kind of intent would not be, you know, a sort of magical get out clause there. You know, my intent would not be uh, um, the thing that people should be worrying about. There. Um, if I screw up, so therefore my intent probably shouldn't matter in like continuity terms as well. So people kind of asking me, like, um, I don't know, you know, is the is the Living Tribunal really dead? Questions of that nature. Um, my kind of go-to response generally is like, well, what do you think? Yeah, right. You know, so. you, you've read the issue. You're, and, you know, having, as the reader, your opinion on this is kind of more important than mine in a way. Um, I, I mean, I in, the spirit, in the spirit of this podcast, I, I can give, like, my opinion on some stuff. Well, but, good. Yeah, I'm you ask know, if we <laughs> if we uh, if we do end up veering into like um, disputed territory, then you know, 
your your take is exactly as important as mine. It doesn't matter that I wrote it. Well, I just wanted to give you a get out of jail free card in case uh, my question was was too ambiguous. If, if, we, <laughs> if we get into if we get into spoiler territory, I will just pull out pull out my spoiler card. I'll pull out my spoiler card and hide behind it. <laughs> I was going to say, Saladin did that the other week, so... <laughs> and, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, he used so, it liberally, uh, too, because Doc tried. <laughs> so, in, in, in Royals 3, I, yeah. I, as I was reading it, I'm, I'm wondering to what extent Maximus is all that reliable a narrator. That, that you know, all this... Is it how it went down in reality, or is it how it went down through the lens of Maximus's perception? It's okay. It's for the purposes of my story. It's how it went down. But you're entirely right that Maximus is completely unreliable, and his memories are completely unreliable. And that that does give us a nice little um, ambiguity, a bit of ambiguity, a bit of a get out of jail free. I know that. Um, we're getting a a kind of another Inhumans book coming up that is, uh, and I'm trying to remember the title. It's Christopher Priest on once writing, and future which, kings. The yeah. once and future kings. It's Christopher Priest on writing, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, and Phil Noto on art, which is just uh, as exciting. oh yeah, oh that's going to be amazing. That's yes. But, would, um, yeah. And the thing, you know, I remember when I was like pitching this and sort of sending the pages into us and I was like listen tell me if this is getting in the way tell me if this is like and it's because of that like unreliable narrator thing you know I when that the Once of Future Kings things comes out you know that could have some revelations in it that'll completely turn you know issue three on its head or it might not it might not it might not get into that at all and you know, I'm I'm happy to sort of roll with those punches. It's like it's it's the job, you know. It's I I I get to sort of do my um, do my continuity operations, and then you know the next person along the chain gets to do theirs. And you know, so long as it all fits in, it's all cool. And one of the one of the ways you know, so Maximus could turn out to be less reliable than we thought, or this could be how exactly how it went down. Well, it's interesting um, because uh, something I, I actually really appreciate about your writing is that you, none of these are actual retcons. Um, they're just yeah, expansions. I try to, to be very kind of, um, I mean, I, I, for that one in particular, I did a lot of reading of old issues. And it wasn't so much to like do that thing where, you know, you have to have read the old issues. I, I tend to think of this this old continuity stuff in terms of Easter eggs. It's right. like you've got kind of hopefully you know the issue issue three you you buy issue three of Royals and you're holding it in your hand and that is a complete experience in and of itself and you don't need anything else. But if you have read the old stuff, it's like you get a teeny little bit extra out of it. Yeah, like a little Easter egg. Nothing you need, but it's like, it's a nice thing, you know. And that's sort of, um, so I, I don't want to like, uh, I want I want people who've sort of read these old issues to kind of, and who are, who are like big Inhumans fans, to sort of 
I don't know, get get that thing of like this is new information, not contradictory information. Exactly. Like like um, just expanding. Like for instance, we never really knew anything about Queen Rinda. Um and Yeah, well and I you know, for for my purposes, um because I, I remember I was just like looking both of them up, looking like, well, what are their powers exactly? What can they do? Exactly, right. And it's and, like they must—they must, you know—they're humans. They must have some powers. And it's like I—I I don't think, and unless um, because there are some gaps in the record with Marvel Unlimited, uh, you know, they're always—they're always putting up like new back issues, but uh, there are still some gaps. So if there was. Um, I think the the Inhumans graphic novel from like the old Marvel graphic novel days. Oh, the one by Anna Sente and Brent Blevins. Yeah, I've never I've never read that one. Oh, oh it's terrific! Me, me too. Yeah, it's really so it must, and it's probably full of all kinds of really great stuff that could really help me out. It's on um, Amazon. You could you could yeah. you could buy the uh, you could buy it on Amazon. I should do that. I really I should just like. I should just get a physical copy because, um, like, I, I try and, you know, if something's not on Marvel Unlimited, I'll occasionally like get it on Comicsology. But um, well, the, I that's like having all this. Not on. It should be. Wow. Yeah. I really... like having. I mean, if it is on Comicsology, then you know, well, I'm heading straight there. But, it isn't. Uh, I think the the really good thing about the Inhumans well, though is that their their back catalogue isn't you know as big as like the Avengers or Fantastic Four or that sort of stuff. So you've, yeah, you'd no, have, you'd I, have to spend mega money or anything. So I don't think uh, I don't know if I'd be able to do the same approach with some flood Avengers. That would be just, <laughs> just the sheer <laughs> amount of Avengers. <laughs> yeah. You'd need a, a library by the end of it. Well, I can tell you that that what you've done so far has not contradicted anything that happened in that particular book. So you're in the Good. clear. Good. Um, but if you get the spare chance, um, it, it is a fun read, and you'll get a no, lot I to would, play with. Yeah, I would really like I would really like to read that one because uh, I I really enjoyed uh, Anna Sinti's Daredevil. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, she's fun. Um, so with Maximus, you, we've got this whole this new notion that um, his madness, quote unquote, may actually be the byproduct of his enhanced awareness, his his nonlinear perception of time. Um, yeah, wild idea. Um, you know, I'm a I don't I don't want to assume what your your inspirations or or, or uh, you know what helped inform this idea but it for me yeah. it really much reminded me of the works of of doctors thomas zaz and rd lang even timothy leary are are, are well, we no, on the I same know, page i know a little bit um a little bit about timothy leary i'm not um i'm not fully up on uh on the others um i i guess to be honest i was sort of thinking of it from a I wanted to. Um, I forget exactly in what order things the ideas came, but I think I definitely wanted to do a kind of flashback and bring in some of this stuff about um, about Maximus and Black Bolt, and in particular the uh, the kind of some Terrigen stuff, Terrigen related stuff. Um, I mean, when he it's it's not too much of a spoiler to say that. Uh, the stuff involving alchemy that's going to become important 
Right, um, the, the Prima Materia. The Prima Materia. Um, <clears throat> I was looking that up. There's a lot of... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of kind of... Um, I was reading an article about, you know, different things that they posted that the Prima Materia might be. And it's like, um, you know, it's very, it's very connected to sort of the elemental, uh, the philosophy, uh, the four elements. Right, which, the quintessence. You know, yeah, and, you know, Crystal is obviously big into the four elements. Oh. Um, and then I think, I think one of the other things. <laughs> don't, Sorry. Don't, don't quote me on this because I don't have it right in front of me, but I think one of the other things they said that the prime material might be was hair. Hair. Which, um, yeah, no, I read that, and I was just ah. like, "This is just at this point, this is getting a little too perfect." But <laughs> right. um, I mean, we'll be we'll be finding out a bit more about that as we go. But yeah, um, uh, I want to ask so many questions. So, I'll be spoiler oriented. But. Yeah, there's going to be. I can't get too deep on this. I can say, you know, I didn't just throw that in to be weird. Um, right. It will become important. I can't really say any more than that. We're coming up, like I say, four and five are going to be big. We're coming up to some kind of... I mean, this time, you know, in a couple of months or so, um, when the issues come out, you'll have a much clearer understanding of what I'm talking about, but it's like, until then, yeah, it's a spoiler. Well, I'm definitely having fun with all the puzzle pieces you're throwing out and um, <laughs> and digging out the old Philosopher's Stone materials has been fun, too, just uh, yeah. thinking about that. And, but to, to get back to the kind of timeline stuff, um, it's sort of, it started off as a way to kind of, ha- once I had it, because I already have that, the Far Future stuff, the C-plot uh, set like 5,000 years in the future. And now, you know, for this issue, I was, like, going way back to, you know, Maximus' teenage years. And it just occurred to me, you know, I've got all this, I've got all these different time periods. Um, let's have, and, you know, and this is also the issue where I want to reveal that Maximus is the last in human. Um, yeah. Because the first couple of issues, I'd left it very vague. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, so, yeah, it just made sense to kind of, to kind of do it that way. And then, you know, the idea that uh, maybe... I'm not saying this is like... The Maximus isn't mad. But, like, you know, maybe this is part of his madness. Maybe this is, like, the catalyst for his madness. Right. Um, well, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, you... Yeah, well, this is it. It can be both. Yeah. And, um, uh, but, I mean, what I, was, what I was thinking with the kind of... With the sort of... Um, I, think in the, I think in the comic he says he gets flashes. Right and like future memories, so it's not, you know, he doesn't he doesn't always know what's going to happen, but he'll get kind of deja vu and prescavu, yeah, and sort of, you know, the there'll be there'll be a bit later. We sort of we flash forward a few issues, I think, as part of three, and you see him, um, you see him with a sky spear, yeah, and that's, <sighs> that's the yet, was... that's the yet to come. <laughs> that, oh, was yeah, a, I, that was a frustrating reveal. That was. Yeah, that was. Like, we were tell like. Us more. <laughs> no, I um, I had a, I had a long, I've had a few long talks with Charles about the sky spears because the sky spears were very much his baby. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, there's a couple of things I'd really like you to kind of Cover. um keep in mind." 
because he had he had like some great some ideas for them that he he didn't want to like you know he hadn't had a chance to fully get into himself but he didn't want them to kind of go away so he was like well here's you know here's my thinking on the sky spirits and i was like well here's what i think they're mm. gonna be and it's there's a lot of overlap between our ideas they're very kind of they overlap a lot on the venn diagram um <laughs> and I, I guess once sorry i said that's good <laughs> so yeah no but i've i've got an idea what the sky spears are and it's very close to what charles's idea of what the sky spears were was but well, that's kind exciting of, it kind of serves it serves me you know it's sort of i've i've altered enough that it'll um it'll serve my purposes which is you know it'd, it'd be a really good reveal because you know it's one of those things that was kind of left over from charles soul james asmus um that we were all very sort of a bit disappointed it hadn't been covered and seeing it back in this issue was was a really nice touch i thought well it's gonna be a good reveal i'm sure it's still i mean one one of the things uh that was kind of on my list because i i I don't know i've i've I've, I've chatted with i've chatted with charles about this guy suppose um but it's like i you know i didn't want to i didn't want to just leave him we appreciate be. that because that is a topic of conversation um, that uh, seems to pop up frequently among Inhumans fans is what are these are we ever yeah. going to find out oh uh, so, you are going to find out so good you absolutely are going to find Far out and it will be that's good it will be certainly if not a, I don't know you know I told I, I told Charles <laughs> about it he didn't have a problem with it so you know it's, I was about to say <laughs> is, this, is this a spoiler <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we know it, at the same time that you're exploring the origins of Terrigen and whatnot in the Royals, yeah. you're also exploring the origin of the universe itself in Ultimate Squared. Yeah, I, I, uh, they don't they don't really overlap. Um, ah, nuts! Because <laughs> if only because I can't have another book that's like <laughs> talking about all this stuff. It's like there kind of comes a point where. I mean, somebody um, there was a there was a newspaper article that was sort of, um, and I won't I won't get fully into this Atlantic article, but it did mention something that like people reading Ultimate Squared, you know, if if they follow these characters back, uh, then you know they're they're cropping up in Mighty Avengers, and then um, you know this stuff with the with the many uh, the many iterations of the multiverse that kind of popped up in New Avengers, that was a thing, and it's like so. There's this little web of connectivity, right. which on the one hand is nice. It's like if somebody you know, if somebody uh, goes down to the comic shop and their pull list is like anything with my name on it, then they've you know they've got they've got all these connections to enjoy. They're getting like a little something extra. It's the Easter egg thing. Right, um, but at the same time, there comes a point where you've got to sort of cut that off and sort of start fresh. So, if you're if you're reading Royals, you don't need to be reading Ultimates as well. You don't really need to be reading anything else. Um, all it's of self-contained. Big, yeah, it's self-contained. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, even even counting the other the other Inhumans books. Um, I think certainly for this first, I mean, I can't speak for Matt and Saladin, but certainly for me, 
we're going to be in space for a little while. Um, certainly, I think about the first year. Wow. And then after awesome. that, my plan, speaking purely for myself, my plan is like to do this year and then, you know, see how we're doing, um, see where everyone else is at, see where, you know, what Matt and Selden and their teams are up to. And, yeah, there'll they'll come a point where I'll, I'll get these guys on the phone and we're, you know, or in the pub or whatever, and we'll have a chat and see, you know, and then see what we're going to do next. And take them down to where spoons. Where we want to take everything. Yeah, yeah, take it to spoons. <laughs> yeah. get some, well, if you want to some, invite me, I'll get some cheap email. Red Bull. <laughs> cheap Jaegermeister, uh, yeah. Yeah, cheap Jaeger yeah, yeah, bumps. Um, well, it's no, cool. I, I mean, I. I all, I love all this like kind of chariots of the gods style stuff that you're going into in both books. And uh, um, is is this kind of uh, you know the Celestials and Eric von Daniken? Is that kind of that astro theology? Is that stuff you're interested in beyond the confines of comic books and sci-fi weirdness, or is that a, um, just as many the, the, the chariots of the gods theory? It's it's not something I'm I'm interested in my own life. I think it kind of it makes more sense in a kind of superior universe than it does in our own a little oh, of bit. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, I've never been, I've never been a big kind of um, aliens came and made the pyramids kind of thing. Um, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm, you know, I'm very excited by the uh, by the pos- possibilities of alien life, all the all the exciting molds and fungi that uh, are, are probes of discovery. Um, Although I don't think I don't have we have we had mold yet? Have we seen a mold or a fungus? Well, yeah, there's a, I, I, some every single cell things. Yeah. yeah, every soft I hear about a single cell thing that I found. Or like does uh, does the megastructures? Um, they're pointing that. Tele- I think right now they're pointing that telescope at that star that's flickering in a weird way. And one yeah. of the uh, one of the theories. This is an incredible. I mean, it's an incredibly vague way of putting it. You can tell I sort of. I've, I've skimmed these articles very well, um, but yeah, no, that's it's something like I think the theory, one of the possible theories, is you know maybe it's something passing in front of uh, this stellar object, you know, in a way that yeah is is best explained, or perhaps even the only explanation is that it's some huge alien thing. Um, it's definitely a think, celestial. Yeah, but I think. <laughs> And I, yeah, I think at the minute um, this particular star, and this is something that you know people are going to have to look up. But I think at the moment this particular star is sort of flickering or giving off light in a strange way again. And so they're pointing a telescope at it and you know seeing seeing what's doing it. Um, and it might it might turn out to just be you know Space some rock. perfectly some perfectly <laughs> natural phenomenon. Swamp gas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, so far in every issue of the Royals, the, the 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 singular chapters have been named after David Bowie songs. Yeah, all David Bowie lyrics. Oh, um, David Bowie lyrics, right? Um, can can I mean, which I dig because I'm a big David Bowie fan. Uh, can can you say something on how uh, the the sort of the works of Bowie has influenced um, the story, or would that be too well, spoilery? No, I've been listening to a lot of um, 
I because I got back into David Bowie for the Doc Two thing. Because um, I, you know, I, I as a, as a kid, I you know, I sort of heard a few of his albums and kind of um, and gotten into it. Uh, but then I sort of, you know, fell a little bit away. Uh, you go through that thing in your teens of like, you know, the sort of the classic bands. You sort of, you know, you want to you want to find your own classic bands. You want to kind of go and like get into the project or whatever. Um, but yeah, and then and then later it was like, oh yeah, David Bowie, and then you start, you know, really listening to the albums again. Which again, for Doctor Who, it came up. There was that David Bowie like character. That, yeah. Rob, uh, that Rob invented for it. So we were all we were both listening to a lot of Bowie, and <laughs> so I got I got back into Bowie. I started listening to Diamond Dogs a lot, um, and yeah, I happened to be when uh, Wilson was asking me about Royals and and when I was sort of writing uh, the early issues, um, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening mostly to Diamond Dogs, and then I decided, well, you know, let's let's have um, let's let's kind of bring the Bowie in, and the, it, a lot of it is that sort of alien sound, that kind yeah. of, and also that kind of. Um, I mean, there's things like when he when he starts. I don't know the, the bit where he's sort of flirting briefly with the idea of like the Homer superior. Um, yeah. That's kind of. I don't want to like reignite the mutant wars, but um, <laughs> no, know, there's a little, there's a little but, bit of the inhumans in that. But yeah, it's, it is, it is a little bit of that kind of Eric von Daniken thing, the kind of the very, the very heavy sci-fi element. Uh, uh, generally, when I'm again. generally when I'm writing roles, I am listening to a lot of Bowie. Not always, not always. I mean, if I'm if I'm deep on a deadline, then I'll uh, I'll listen to other things. But <laughs> well, you know, when I when I when I look back at the the work that that um, Kieran Gillen and and uh, and Grant Morrison did in writing Marvel Boy or Novar, he's very much of a, a David Bowie man who fell to earth character. Um, yeah, he's just, he's interesting. I'm kind of um, I'm sort of finding a midpoint between the between Kieran and Morrison in terms of. In terms of him, um, I've, yeah, I'm sort of really getting into like, uh, um, uh, and we're starting to drift towards spoiler stuff again, so I can't. Okay, all right. I, I can't talk about. The, I can't talk about this as much as I'd like, but uh, I am sort of getting into some of the old uh, Morrison stuff. But at the same time, you, we we kind of uh, you can't really go back to because he was very sort of angry and um and kind of you know the enemy of the world and kind of like uh, this sort of raging um and we've not we've not gone fully back to that uh we sort of um i guess some of the weirdness some of the strange concepts i'm trying to i'm trying to do justice to that um as much as i can I think I, you so. have. I mean, in issue two, or yeah, the second issue of Royals, yeah, uh, Novar suggests that Medusa is dying from a metaphorical illness. Uh, the poetic, oh, yeah. the poetic vengeance of the Terrigen. That's, I love that outre 
wild stuff like that. It's you know. Yeah, that was something um, I pitched to to Wilson, and he he was like right on board with it. I was thinking, you know, this will be one of the things that I have to um, that I have to I have to think with. But no, he was he was right on board. Was the idea that like um, what Medusa is suffering from has no kind of scientific basis or anything. It's uh, it's entire. It's almost a magical ailment it's almost this kind of um thing that you can only make sense of in terms of the poetry of it yeah uh in that you know she was the one to kill terrigen and now you know she's sort of paying some kind of psychic price for that um it suggests so you, that the the origins of terrigen is going to have something to do with this intersection between science magic and religion I mean, if you look, if you look at the powers the Inhumans have, and I mean, I'm talking about things like Eldrak and like, um, it's like there come there comes a point with the Inhumans where, like, I mean, I remember, and this is going to ignite the mutant wars, but <laughs> I remember like um, somebody at some point, and I forget exactly who, but it's it's passed into legend, tried to explain Cyclops' eye beams, and like why. He didn't get any pushback from them. Like he'd fire these concussive beams of pure force out, but and they didn't like rip his head off his body. Right. Um, there was no thermodynamics to it. Yeah, yeah. And like they explained that by saying that in his pupils he had like little portals to a dimension of pure force, so he was just like opening, and you know he could sort of let those out. And it's sort of, I kind of dig that, but many, many didn't, many hated it. <laughs> um, but there's that thing of like when you try to explain and it's a bit where like um, all those old Miracle Man issues where or the um, when people try to explain like Superman's powers with you know how could so, how could Superman like scientifically have all his powers and it, it always it ends up being like well it's mostly psychokinetics and you know his super strength is lifting stuff with his mind and you know it's his invulnerability is like um, a force field or telekinesis applied in a certain way. And I think that's what ended up happening with Superboy. I can't remember exactly, but, uh, but yeah, there's thing. but when you get to the humans, it's like, I mean, the reader, there's no, there's no scientific explanation for his powers. It's just <laughs> like, that, no. how can there possibly be? It's, he is magic. Yeah. And yeah, the Inhumans are basically magic, but like they don't get their powers from some kind of you know um, demon, Doctor Strange demon, or like uh, they get their powers from this sort of very scientific process of like genetics and um, you know the special crystals that uh, activate their human genes. So it's this weird kind of cross pollination of it's science, it's 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 comic book science, but it has the effect of magic. And it's like that's that just fascinates me. I mean, yeah. any any time we get to this thing, and I've slightly got into this in in Ultimates as well because um, you know everybody's everybody's talking their best science game in Ultimates, but it always seems to come down to these metaphorical fights. Um, in that, you know, kind of comic book science is just this. It is essentially magic, but it's a sort of this way of talking about magic. Um, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get me started on the old, which uh, Jason Aaron seems to be 
disproving right now that you can't write a good Doctor Strange story. Um, in mm-hmm. that, I mean, Doctor Strange at the minute is absolutely fantastic. But yeah. I mean, I've heard so many, I've heard so many people, generally not involved with comics, tell me that like Doctor Strange is just hard to write because he's magic and he can do anything. And it's like, well, Reed Richards can do anything by building a machine, but it's right. like, it's just how you look at these things and how you talk about it. Well, it's also how your how the the human mind and the limitations yeah. can handle things. I remember there's a great issue of Fantastic Four where where Reed Richards explains that the reason why Galactus looks like an a human or a giant human is that's just our brains taking in something it can't make sense of and anthropomorphizing it. Yeah, that was. Um... I think that was uh, the trial of Galactus. That was uh, that yes. was Gumburn. Um Yeah, right. Mm. Um, I'm kind of I, I like that. I like that as a sort of starting point. I, once you kind of factor in his origin, um, when like unless unless you're going to say that like people were kind of perceiving everyone from his home planet as like you know a whole bunch of different things, right? Um, I don't know. It's it's um, it's one I kind of don't don't think about much in terms gotcha. of uh, I've not really done that thing of like having another species come across him and then seeing it from that point of view. Uh, I yeah. So yeah, no, but it's a good idea. It's, so it's a well. <clears throat> kind of getting taking a step back from yeah. these high concepts you know they only sh- i mean it's clear that you enjoyed uh um uh, james asmus's run on all new and humans um and i love that you've brought in swain because she's also a swain character i a favorite <laughs> very quick favorite yeah, i mean they only shared uh what a couple two scenes together uh so far in royals number one but it it seemed you had a great read on the relationship between swain and um panacea yeah Uh, made me kind of wish that panacea was along for the rides just so we could see more of them together considered it um we were like there were there were kind of um a bunch of characters who were sort of like uh, possible additions, and Panacea was one of them. Um, and basically, it ended up being: Do you want eight people on the ship instead of seven? Right. And uh, I think I kind of made the sort of. I think we're in the in the pitch. I wrote something like, you know, seven went forth. And six return, that sounds epic. Eight went fourth and seven return, that sounds a little clunky. It's like, <laughs> yeah. were, um, were you a fan of Blake Seven when you were younger? Yeah, well, seven, you know, seven is the magic. I'm a fan of Blake Seven, the Seven Soldiers, um, Seven Horcruxes yeah. in Harry Potter, yeah, Seven Deadly Sins. I'm not a big Harry Potter reader. I hate oh, seven. okay. Um, but yeah, you know, seven, seven is seven is a big myth number. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Outside of Discworld, eight is not. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There are probably some great eights in in mythology, but it's not as it's not as well known as seven. Right. I um, want, uh, but, in, uh, 
that terrific Seven Soldiers of Victory series. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. It was unlucky to have a team made up of six. Um, yeah. No, that was um, uh, that was good. Anyway, no, I I guess with, with Parasira, I've been kind of... Um, again, not to get into spoilers, but it's like... Swain's kind of separation from her becomes a bit of a character beat and a kind of like um there's a sort of there's a sort of arc there which I've sort of I've sort of thought a lot about in terms of um you know the start of it and the end of it and like where we're going with it. Um see see I've um I've been teasing Doc and Saren saying uh, that you're gonna kill her off. Don't no, so. no we love Swain <laughs> Uh, well, I, he might. I, uh, I can't. I can't. You know, I can't. Um, I don't want any. I can't say that any of them are safe, unfortunately, that's, because that's a spoiler. So uh, that's fine. Yeah, I do know. I do at this point know who's going to get it. Oh dear. Wait, I was but, thinking that maybe you could parse your terms that, you know, death is following them because Medusa is sick, but maybe Maximus doesn't come back because he's in the future. And, uh, well. Um, well <laughs> nice try, Doc. I will, um, yeah, when... Yeah. Um, one of the... Yeah, this is the thing. I can't... Yeah, no, no. I can't yeah, even tell you you're wrong nice. because... Uh, although you are... <laughs> you know, if I tell you if I tell you you're wrong, it's like suddenly, you know, Maximus says. Although, it's you know, given the given the last inhuman thing, it's a pretty good bet that Maximus is safe. Um, I'd really have to be like, you know, we. Yeah, it's that's a pretty good bet. I think I don't think it's that much of a spoiler, given that you know. Yeah, no, we we he's, still alive, he's still alive. He's still alive five thousand years in the future. We're probably not going to kill him off by <laughs> right? the next year. So it does does the does the fact that he was exposed to this purified version of the Terrigen allow him to live five thousand years, or is that? Um, due? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's this is where I'm going to pull out my death of the author card ah, because. Okay. <laughs> On the one hand, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good explanation for it. On the other hand, you know, what if I come off the book and then another writer comes on and writes an amazing story about how Maximus comes to more? Right, so yeah. I, You know, Could I don't want to get in the way of that. Well, I get into, I get a lot of questions about the lifespan of Inhumans. And the answer I, is, I, know, I don't know. It's I know that they Yeah, I know that they're longer lived than, um, I mean, I've not seen, like, on the page evidence, but it's from the research I've done. It's like secondary sources. The longer lived thing um, was when was that established that you know they've been they, you know, they've been alive for a long time. It's it's a really annoying thing. It, it was established in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. You know those those compendiums they have. <laughs> so Whoa. it wasn't really on the page. Um, I mean, they must have had a good reason. Because I, those yeah. those handbooks that was, um, no, that's that's Mark Grunwald if I'm remembering rightly. Those those were his baby. Yeah, those. Am are I fun. right? There? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, and don't know, but I cannot imagine he would not have an amazingly good reason for that. Um, <laughs> so you know, but in terms of what generally what I mean when I'm 
talking about like secondary sources in terms of this kind of thing is that you know I'll sort of go on the internet and there'll be like um, a Wikipedia and generally generally if I read something on that I'll like I'll want to look at the page for myself I want to see you know because people interpret stuff and the trouble is this is what I this is what I'm talking about when I talk about interpreting the text one person interprets the text through their own individual viewpoint but then it goes onto Wikipedia and suddenly <laughs> it's the official thing yes the power of the internet so you know if I see something on a Wikipedia like um, oh I don't know Galactus eats planets for this reason I'm going to want to have a look at the page for myself and right. then you know if what's actually on the page is something super vague then you know I'll feel no qualms about like treating it as such rather than the definitive statement that it apparently that it is on the Wikipedia and I mean I'm, I'm you know, that's not a real example. That's just pulling something, you know, completely out of my ass. But it's it's the kind of thing. There's been a couple me. of times where I've seen things on Wikipedia's, and it's like, oh, okay. And then I've had a look at the actual, the actual comic, and it's been like, eh, well, there's a lot of wiggle in there, uh, which I will now exploit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I sometimes teach, and when I do, I none of the students are allowed to cite Wikipedia in their papers. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, I think that's a, that's a rule for a lot of uh, a lot. Of yeah, that, that was a rule for my university. Although there was no rule against citing Wikipedia sources sources. <laughs> so, well, if you can go back to the um, yeah, this is it, and you know, if you can go back to the uh, the thing, which is um, why you know any things like Marvel Ultimates, uh, the, sorry, Marvel Unlimited. Um, you know, don't have to hand. Um, it's like it gets a little sketchier. It gets a little more difficult to. Marvel to Unlimited get into. is a wonderful thing. It is, oh, it uh... is great. <laughs> I, I do, I do hardly recommend it. So, it, it, at the end of this month, we'll be seeing uh, the the fourth issue of of the yeah. room, in which Crystal and Ronan will have their first reunion since having their marriage annulled. Which I'm yeah, really looking forward to. It's a very Ronan heavy issue. Does um, he does he blame the Inhumans over the destruction of Hala during the Black Vortex event? Well, wait and see. Or, no, <laughs> in a, it's a bit wait and see. Um, I mean, he looks pissed. So yeah, he does. <laughs> he's not. He's really not happy with them. Okay. He's not been happy with them for a very long time, and yeah, the destruction of Hala does kind of factor into that. Although. The Inhumans weren't around for that, but it's... You know, it's Jason of Spartax did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think since then, Jason of Spartax was sort of handed over to the authorities. So Yeah. He's sort that of was uh, Sam Humphreys. That was a really fun book. It was a good... Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm kind of... I'm very happy that Ronan got sort of beefed up a bit with... Because uh, <laughs> now he's got some fun new cosmic abilities that... Uh, I'm really enjoying kind of playing with. And I was talking, I was basically talking to Wilson about like things Ronan could do. And um, yeah, he's got, he's got a whole new way of like accusing people that I think people will really, uh, will really get into. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of spoil it too much course, before, uh, before you read it. No, it sounds like it's going to be a fun issue. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's it's going to be fun. There's um, yeah, we've got some new stuff, 
some new stuff uh, five thousand years in the future with the last of the human. How do you um, pronounce? How do we've we've been arguing about how you pronounce that that realm? Oh, um, Octalon. 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 Oh well, it depends how you pronounce Atalan. Well, Atalan sounds good. Adelan. I guess. Adelan. So Lan is like a prefix in in Tian that means what city or? Hang on, or, hang on. Sorry, which which realm are we talking about here? You know, in the future where yeah, Maximus has all these little ghosts in, in Oct- the shell around him. And, yeah, it's it's uh, it's Octalan, I think. Octalan. So, like, cool. Arctic and Atalan running together was like, how I? How now, I, that? Sounds yeah, awesome. Granted, granted spoilers. Um, spoiler card, death of the author card. Is is Octalan on Earth, or is it on another planet? It's on Earth. Okay. Um, Got it. No, it's it's definitely on Earth because um, we'll be seeing in that sea story, we'll be seeing some more kind of um, more recognizable bits of Earth. Wow. But it's basically uh, it's in the it's in the Arctic um, or what was the Arctic and what is now a very hot. Uh, I mean, basically, the okay, five thousand years in the future. Um, it's kind of interesting that uh, that you you thought for a minute it might be on an alien planet because you know with the unbreathable air and the um, the weirdly evolved creatures and stuff, it's basically a catastrophically environmentally damaged Earth. Oh dear! Um, so is that How one where the uh, the Paris Accords didn't quite go? Uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry yeah. Unlike <laughs> unlike our own universe. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, no, it was basically. Um, I was. I was just thinking. You know, what's what's the planet going to look like five thousand years in the future? And well, you know, assuming uh, we carry on the way we've been going, um, not great. Uh, but yeah, no. So the the atmosphere is pretty much um, unbreathable. You've got these sort of what we've seen so far. You've got kind of. Uh, two different um, groups of people kind of living around the poles. You've got the uh, you've got the ghosts, which is this kind of technological singularity future, but kind of with a, a very weird twist. Like, um, and this is you know these these sort of pod humans, these or you know we we don't see we've not seen in the pods. We don't know how human they are at this point, how they've evolved, but. Um, yeah, they send their little their electric ghosts out to sort of do errands and like keep keep the city going. It's like the Matrix. And then, yeah, and then you've got the um, dino the riders, riders. The, the dino riders who kind of and they you know they have to like wrap up in these and I don't know I had them kind of they look like giants sort of, compared to yeah like carrying these carrying these sacks of air and well they're very tough they have to be very tough to kind of exist. Um, but it's like they're kind of part of the inspiration for them was from I think it's an old R.C. Clarke story, A Pale of Air. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's an oldie. It's it's these people kind of keeping themselves going with by like heating liquid oxygen over a fire and all of these. Um, but similar deal to that, these sort of very homemade kind of. Atmospheric. And what we'll what we'll see going on the um, the rider who kind of takes Maximus places. Um, we'll be seeing we'll be seeing more of him. Cool. But the the idea I was the idea I was sort of hinting towards is that 
these guys kind of they sort of run errands they bring supplies to the sleepers they sort of get things in return there's a sort of there's a kind of border economy with Arctalan and these, the Dinoriders. Um So, you know, sort of humanity is kind of continuing in this very weird form. Um, but this is this is at the polls. And when we, you know, without wanting to spoil stuff, will be um, the, the, the story in the year, like 7,000, is going to... Um, we're going to be moving away to the pole, from the poles and seeing more of the rest of Earth. So. Ooh, I can't Ooh, wait. This is going to be good. It's like two stories <laughs> in one, and it just makes it so much more fun. Yeah. So just That's... a quick question about um, sort of like, you know, you know, at the end of Civil War Two, when it was kind of like they were describing lots of different versions of Earth and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and one of them was that the Inhumans had gone off into space. Is that... Oh, yeah. Has that fed in at all, or is this just completely separate from that? It's just you know that was just an um, altered reality, that sort of thing. I'd have to, I'd have to go back it because I remember um, at one point people were asking, "We're going to do some glimpses of the future. Have you got any futures?" And yeah. I forget if the humans was part of that or if it was just. I forget if at that point that people were asking about that. Um, yeah. Whether because I think I think I sort of said, well, you know, I've got a couple of visuals, but I don't think the Inhumans were one of them. But no, yeah, I it's... think I think at the end of Civil War Two, I think at least some of those. I don't know. Um, I'd have to I'd have to go back and reread the the last issue. And yeah. It's not outside the realm of possibility that. Um, Somebody might have said the Inhumans going in space. Yeah, because I, um, I just think it's, it's it's like a it's like a weird sort of coincidence that uh, you know the first main sort of Inhuman title to come out is kind of them heading off into space. It yeah. was a bit ominous, if you know what I mean. So, I definitely, was, I definitely wasn't thinking about it when I came up with the idea of sending the rules into space. But yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm now I'm trying to remember like what order things happened in. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll go back. I'll reread the last issue of Civil War Two, and you know, I'll, I'll have a look and I'll see um, how it ties in. And you know, maybe, yeah, maybe that will turn out to be an important thing, or maybe it'll just be <laughs> a false vision. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like the uh, like the days of future past, which never actually comes around. Never, yeah. yeah. Um, although it would be it's pretty cool if the days of future past actually happened. Yeah, I mean, was, yeah. you know, <laughs> not for. Cool. It would be interesting. <laughs> I've just, I've just reignited the mutant wars yet again <laughs> three times on one podcast. Wow. Um, <laughs> sorry. So you, <clears throat> okay, one question we ask everyone who comes on the yeah. show, and this is a very, very important yeah. This question. this question is so, extremely important. So you have to think about your answer. You know, you, okay, you ready? Yep. Lockjaw, a dog who became an inhuman. Or an inhuman who became a dog. Um, you've asked you've asked Solid in this one, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, we ask everyone. Is he? Um... He refused to answer. He said that the, the that in his book the matter will be actually addressed. Yeah, because I think he said on Twitter or that he was actually going to do that. So yeah, this is. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've not I've not talked to him. Um, and then you could just. I gave opinion. up. I gave up my lockjaw rights when I picked the cast for my books. So you know. 
Uh, I'm not in charge of Lockjaw. But oh, um, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you what, we were, we were saying, you know, oh, maybe we should have Lockjaw, maybe Lockjaw should be the seventh. And then I was like, what is the point of a spaceship <laughs> if you have Lockjaw? So we kind of, we veered away from that pretty fast. Um, and it, that's the reason, that's the reason we don't have Lockjaw in, you know. Well, you're allowed to have your own opinion, of course. He's too easy. My opinion, okay, my Lockjaw opinion, and... Drum roll, please. I think he's a dog. All right! I don't, (laughs) I don't think, I mean, I can see a really good story coming out of him being, it's because it's sort of flip-flops, hasn't it? There was one where... Yeah, there's a... He was all like, do you know, I used to be human, and then... They yeah, kind Peter, of Peter David that... switched it around, and uh, it's been a it's it's a it's a controversy. It's a point of contention here on the show and amongst uh, human fans in general. But I think your opinion is just as valid as anyone else's. Yeah, I, I mean, like I, <laughs> I, 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 my gut, my gut says dog. No, I come down. No. I come down on him being a dog uh, who has somehow. Managed to get terrogenized, presumably in some heartwarming scrape. That he he's he's a he's a universal inhuman. That's my theory. <laughs> well, that, that makes more sense than <laughs> the dog theory. Probably, I don't. Know, I mean, it could be because um, they, yeah, the inhumans they're not they're not nice people. Um, no, they're they not. Could just, they are they not. could just turn some dude into a dog and then treat him like a dog. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past them at this point, truthfully. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, and you have Eldrick and com- Hub. I mean, look at them. Oh yeah, Eldrick and the Hub. Yeah, poor old Hub. Um, is I'm, Hub I'm alive or is Hub par- powering the ship? Did he? Oh, the okay. Hub is not powering the ship. Um, the the real answer to that is because then we'd have eight of them. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the ship. The, it's named after an ancient inhuman, but yeah. it seems like Novar knows its workings much better than anyone else. Yeah, it's sort of like I feel like the inhumans use a lot of Kretek ah. and um, and stuff that has kind of evolved from Kretek. Cool. Um, and also, it's a little bit. Um, I think Novo has a habit of carrying a lot of cool weapons and interesting stuff around with him. Um, well, speaking... I, it's not not too much for spoilers to say that the pocket battlefield is coming back. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of having an eighth character, I mean, is is that little mini plex with him? Uh, yes, the mini plex is still with him. We are going to do something with that. Uh, oh, the one, the one right. from like issue one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna explain what that is and do something with it. Oh, um, boy, the, I can't that wait. really is a spoiler. I, I'm gonna say uh-huh. absolutely no more about that. Okay, that's like. Uh-huh. But yeah, but the nice thing is that all of this stuff is coming around the pike very soon. Oh boy, I um, can't wait. I mean, what is it? Four is at the end of this month. Presumably, five is the month after. By the end of five, yeah, a lot of this stuff will have hit the fan, so to speak. Oh. Which is the one with the super cool uh, Chris Anka cover uh, of Novar kind of doing a, a that's five. yoga pose. That's five? Okay. That's five. That's I feel like, like we're going to get um, some 
Yeah. Yeah, that's an yeah, that's that's very uh that's not one of those covers where it doesn't happen. Right. Um no, that's that's going to be a good one. And then yeah, 6. I think the solicitors for 6 have come out. Yeah. So there we got the Universal and Humans. The Universal and Humans are coming back. And Very cool cover by uh, Sanford Green. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of implying in that solicit that it's like a civil war situation. Um, it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, the uh, war of the so the tune of another alien race that Marvel fans will uh, will know from their childhoods, but not in a universal and human race. So. Oh. It's like you've got the four universal human alien species. Um, we're kind of bringing a fifth one in. And <sighs> that's going to be... That's a very, um, I am geeking no, out. That, that is, this is something I've already said in, in an interview somewhere. So, um, But it's, you know... Yeah, at the end of at the end of uh, by the end of six, I think a lot of people actually no before then because they're going to be on covers. But pretty soon, when either by the end of six, if you're avoiding solicits, or in the solicits, if you're not, you're going to like um, uh, no because uh, these these aliens are so cool. We had to put them on the cover. Are um, are, um, are Centuria or no? I'm sorry. Are Dire Wraths still something Marvel is allowed to use? I know. I know. Um, because uh, they were definitely on the Universal and Humans. Yeah, but then there was some um, sort of legality issue with ROM and. Well, I know, I know they can't do anything with ROM, but I don't know if. I don't know. I, I kind of because I had all of the. I mean, we see we see the Universal and Humans. We kind of see like, and that includes the Dirates. And I didn't get any notes back saying we can't actually use these guys anymore. Cool. So I'm assuming, unless I open my inbox right now and <laughs> there's a kind of attic, sorry to bother you on the weekend. I don't know how he didn't see the... I, I, I don't know. I, this is all speculation on my part, but I'd probably imagine that um, in the same way as Marvel can still go to the microverse, right? Uh, even though the Micronauts are now being handled by a different comic company. Um, I think things that Marvel created to use with ROM, I think they're okay? Question mark? Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out, I guess. Yes, but, we'll find like, out. ROM, ROM himself is obviously, you know, doing something else with a different comic company now. It's too bad, uh, I actually. I forget like who, is it IDW? Uh, yeah. Indeed, you're right. Yeah, but... Um, you know, I, I, I could talk about these things all day, but if you you know, are getting bored, you'd let us know. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. I can, uh, I can keep going as long as you have. Uh, so as long as you have questions. Um, with, um, with going back to Swain, her, her powers are e- empathy oriented. Yeah. Empathy. Whereas, whereas Maximus's powers are more cognitive oriented. Yeah. Yet the two cancel each other out. Is that just for convenience sake of the plot or is there, uh, are you going to go further into why that actually is? It's a little bit. It's a little bit plot convenience. Um, I'm kind of. I'd be interested in what would happen if they started working together. Oh. 
Um, don't corrupt don't... Swain, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, She's but... so innocent. Well, I mean, in order in order for them to work together, um, Maximus would have to become a lot more integral to things than he currently is. Um, I've, I've gotten I've got an arc for Swain and an arc for Maximus. It's it doesn't involve getting anybody getting corrupted. Um, got it. I I can be fairly. Uh, I can be. Uh, you know, that's that's not a big spoiler. I can I can reveal that. One. Um, but yeah, I was. I, I don't know. I was thinking like. Um, it was kind of almost as much to have a way to sort of nullify, uh, nullify Swain as well, because Swain has that thing of, um, she really hates using her power. Right. She really she's not sure if it's voluntary. Well, this is it. She never really knows if it's on or off. And I think that's, that's going to be something we're going to sort of get into. But part of, um, Part of the stuff of while Maximus is around, she doesn't have to worry about that. And so in a way, we're sort of building up this thing where uh, I don't know, it's almost like um, him him kind of being around. Uh, I mean, he just, he, he sort of as as you'll see with the next issue with issue four, he sort of started hanging hanging out in the cockpit just because you know they, it's they're forcing him to and yeah it's easier it's nice. much and you know that that takes care of his powers uh, it means she doesn't have to worry about like what she's broadcasting um so yeah it's a cool it's, idea I like it it's cool. a, it's this kind of it's this kind of weird thing of like. Um, you know, is Maximus is now on the mission. Um, at what point does he actually become part of the crew? Kind of. Right. Yeah, because we does see he that we see that. I mean, he's he basically goads Medusa into having him killed, and it's quite clear that he knows that she knows she needs him. Um. Yeah, he knows. As, he knows he's useful. But um, uh, and is this because he has specific knowledge about Terrigen, or um, I mean, is she aware he, that he that he he created artificial Terrigen oh, in okay. that issue of uh, what was it, Uncanny and Humans twenty? Well, he definitely he definitely knows something about the recipe, but um, I I mean, we'll sort of get into. I think this is about. Issue six, we really start getting into um, why she's keeping him alive. Okay. Mm. Uh, cool. But yeah, basically, he's he's got his uses, and uh. we'll you know we'll see what we'll see what these uses are. So, but, uh, sorry. No, All right. So, in a previous interview, because I I read every interview ever, um, you had said that uh, Crystal was the second in command on that ship. Is that still the case, or and will we see that, or how is that? Other than what's um, coming up in four, five, and six, how is that gonna? Yeah, four, four and five, uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of Crystal. Um, I think with 
probably going to end up seeing more of her kind of diplomatic, um, her diplomatic chops uh, with six, seven, and eight. Um, and I need to, uh, yeah, I'm sort of in the middle of writing those issues at the moment. Mm. But basically, yeah, she's she's going to get stuff to do. Um, both in terms of the uh, the elemental powers and in terms of the um, oh, that's good to hear. the kind of diplomacy angle, because I think yeah, I think in issues uh, six, seven, and eight, that's um, that's going to come up the kind of uh, the diplomatic angle. Um, so. Yeah, I'm sort of I'm making a little mental note now to kind of remember that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, so the thing is, Medusa. I mean, as as I've been writing Medusa, she kind of she eats a lot of the command. Like, there's not much left for Crystal to to like right. command once Medusa's done. She's not a. She's a pretty bossy. Yeah, she is. I know. Um, and we're, we're going to start seeing some interesting things in terms of her, her illness and, like, when it goes away and when it comes back. Oh, that's mm. um, But, like, I think Crystal has, as uh, she showed in All New and Humans, um, she's got some particular skills in terms of, like, diplomacy and, like, the kind of sort of inter... The, the particular politics of early humans, she's kind of that's that's where she comes into her own, and she'll have uh, a lot of opportunity, a big opportunity to kind of display that um, yeah, she's when we get to the universal human story. She's certainly probably the most morally attuned of of the Adelan in humans, the older in humans. Um, yeah, no, I'd say so. She's. Um, She's had the most. I want to say she's had the most experience being on super teams outside the Inhumans. Oh, absolutely! Because she was in the Fantastic Four uh, for ages. Avengers and the Avengers. Um, and she married outside the family. Yeah. So, again, you know, she's um, she's maybe the best for dealing with um, others. Others. <laughs> yeah, um, my, that kind of leads into my other question. Back in All New Inhumans, she, um, because she's my favorite, so back in All New Inhumans, she kind of had a mentor relationship with Flint. Is that going to be seen too and carry over, or? Yeah, I mean, so far, so far, Medusa's sort of um, uh, taken over with the with the kind of Flint mentoring. But yeah, I do want to I do want to bring up the. Um, I mean, this is all part of the kind of juggling the various characters, but I do want to bring bring more stuff up with Flint, and yeah, it would be it'd be a good idea to have kind of Crystal uh, sort of take a role, take a role in things. All right, and I have Flint's Flint's an interesting one because he's sort of he's kind of out there, kind of looking for something he's not really managed to find on Earth, a kind of yeah. a place to belong. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I've written I've written the, the first issue of the kind of universal and humans are 
so I'm just at the point where things are getting juicy now. Oh boy. And I know I know roughly how it's going to go. So it's uh, it's just a matter of kind of making sure because you know with twenty pages an issue, it's it goes by like nothing. So you know I've kind of got to make sure I sort of keep all these juicy character beats in my head. While I'm... Yeah, Flint is a cool guy. That that Utalan yeah. or Utalan story was pretty wild. Yeah, it was great. And that was a really good one. Yeah. Um, and um, well, this was. Such fun! I so much appreciate you taking. That's the okay. Time. Was was there was there another question? Oh, oh I could ask about ten more questions about Crystal. <laughs> I had about two that were very important to me, but oh, hit it up, hit it up. Please. Oh, hit yeah. it up. The first is her relationship with Medusa in in general, because once again, going back to all new Inhumans, we saw like a bit of a tension between the two, and I didn't know if you were going to build on that. And you had said you would be expanding on her powers, which. Um, I actually find it really interesting because I think recently she's been portrayed as underpowered, really, and I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, I mean, given because she's she's pretty much controls the four classical elements. Um, I think I'm right in saying I'm yes. pretty sure, and I and any I'm combination sure thereof, apparently she can she can do metal too, and yeah, I think I think once we start getting deep into the Prima Materia stuff. Um, Oh I mean, it's you know, it's not going to be, it, it's not going to become you know the crystal show, but at the same time, there's there's all these situations coming up where her powers and her skill set make her kind of extremely useful in those situations. So. Um, and definitely, once we start getting. Uh, towards the end of the year and I really can't say that much about it without dropping some big spoilers but um, yeah we I think we're definitely going to be seeing a lot more of her in terms of her power in terms of her relationship with Medusa um, yeah I feel like I feel like um, the kind of sister sister relationship it'd be It'll be good to good to get into that and good to get into how as Medusa changes how that uh, how that affects Crystal and there's definitely there's a oh, I was just writing a kind of scene because I'm sort of writing the issues sort of out of order to an extent um, so I was just writing a sort of scene in nine and again major spoilers but it's like. <laughs> Crystal reacting to a development in Medusa's life and being like very kind of you know the little sister sort of mm. oh my god more of this it must um, be devastating for her uh yeah in terms of the in terms of the illness thing um it's very uh yeah no there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's a lot of juggling of these seven and kind of um, what they're up to. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting as we kind of go forward and we get we start getting into the weirdness. Um, but yeah, uh, no, we can we can expect we can expect more crystal. Definitely. You know, one of the things with crystals. Uh, 
with uh, so much of her story, our, her stories in the past is kind of centered around her romantic life, you know, who she was dating or married to at the time. Yeah, we. I don't think we're touching on. I don't think we're touching on romance for Crystal at all this time around. Um, it's so yeah. No, a lot of. I guess the, in the past, yeah, it was. That seemed to be the go-to place for. Well, it's, it's a nice change of pace to have uh, her not just be the love interest. Although I did kind of notice a little tension between her and, and Marvel Boy. Um, oh, yeah, a, was... bit of a, a bit of a spunk. I like to, I like to throw in little... Um, but then... Yeah, that doesn't kind of... mean it has to go anywhere. It's just... Uh... Well, I mean, I kind of... I like to keep, keep all options open. Um <laughs> Yeah, with that, it's just kind of, you know, I was writing that scene, and yeah, it just kind of came out that way. And then, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some kind of moment, momentary bit of chemistry in that, in that moment. But, you know, whether that goes anywhere, I honestly don't know. You know, we'll Got see. Uh, I don't have any, there are characters I have plans for in terms of their personal life, and there are characters I don't. And she's one of the ones that I don't yet. So, you know, that could change. So we're not going to see uh, a rekindling of things between her and Ronan, I take it. <laughs> Ooh, well, you're going to see some. Not. Yeah, no, what, what am I saying? The Christmas <laughs> love life doesn't come into it. My God, I've completely forgotten about Ronan. No, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. As it turns out, you are going to see some Christmas love life coming back to Maybe alive. not uh, love with a capital L. Um, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's an interesting, I don't know, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good couple of issues. It's certainly an intense couple of issues. Um, they've got a lot to talk about. That was such a heartbreaking scene. And, and I guess like an FF where yeah. she and him were, were, uh, separated. I, I think Nick Dragota did the art and they just, their faces. It was, yeah, no, it was, well, we do, we do, we do come back to that. Cool. And like, um, no, I had to kind of, I I read, I reread that run like a whole bunch of times to kind of see where everyone was in relation to what, and like, uh, you know, what the kind of saga of Crystal and Ronan and the whole, all the ways in which it had played out. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be another one of these things where I don't contradict anything. I, um, yeah, it's a, uh... Yeah, so uh, speaking of of my, not a quite a contradiction, but it turns out that that Gorgon wasn't completely healed by Panacea; that he still is suffering from. Yeah, that was that was um, that was my decision. I was because uh, I did I did have have a look at sort of the end of, and it's 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 again it's one of those things where you know Gorgon doesn't come right out and say I'm feeling entirely better. Right, it's not a um, retcon expansion. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I, do, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't want him to be just magically cured. No, I, I kind think of it's, wanted. It's I wanted him to sort of walk away, you know, with some scars. Um, until the next time, I was thinking like uh, when, and I'm not sure how much this ended up in the in the final design. But I was thinking that his, his costume would uh, incorporate some kind of back brace, or oh, cool, uh, like 
like Batman has for similar things. But yeah, no, I want I wanted him to kind of um, I don't want him to just magically get you know comic book healed, yeah, from something like that. Um, so we're we're kind of in this thing where, um, and I'm sort of trying to I'm trying to find a moment, you know, moments where so he's not just like just doing all the same Gorgon stuff that he was always doing, but just talking about how much pain he's in. I'm so when he uses his it. powers, it hurts. Yeah, when it, it, it hurts him, it hurts a lot when he uses his powers. Um, the stomping thing. Right. <laughs> which makes that's, sense. That's incredible, which is like his main thing. I mean, he's, he can still sort of punch people, um, but the stomping thing, yeah, that, that gives him a tremendous amount of difficulty now. Uh, and yeah, and he does have this kind of you know, some very bad days, and you know, obviously, in in the kind of cold, in the colder space, that's that, that sort good. of affects him very badly. It's yeah, it's I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of hopefully, hopefully, I do a good job of that aspect. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't want him to just be the same, the same old, the same old Gorgon he always was. And it's kind of because we we're starting we're going to be getting into a bit of his past as well. Yeah, and it's got, noted that he was he's a widower. He's got two kids, but we I don't think. And this is where you tell me that um, I'm completely no. wrong about it. But I don't think we've ever seen the mother of his children. We have not. There was uh, some intimation that he and uh, Medusa's sort of handmaid. Who was a mutant named? I mean, a human named um, Mengsi. Um, there was some intimation that they had been together. That perhaps she's yeah. We um, I think they definitely had. Uh, they definitely shared something. I don't think because we were looking at the timeline of it all, and like because um, the thing with the thing with Mengsi. Um, uh, it's been a while since I've read those issues, but it looked like that was a thing that was sort of going on and kind of happening at that time, but it it hadn't been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, so in, in that one book, the, his, the end his, of Sente book that you haven't read, that yeah. it's, it's quite explicit they were together, although not pregnant. Not, but um, it would. Oh, okay. Well, it would stand to reason that Petrus that, could be her, her, the the mother. It's. it's possible we um yeah i think probably yeah that's that's a shame i kind of wish i'd um i wish i'd uh, i wish i'd read that now i could have factored that in but um i don't we think don't we don't know con- who electo's mom is i don't think we contradict um i guess a lot would depend on marvel time i don't think we contradict anything in that, if he's if he's sort of explicitly uh, in a relationship with Minxie during that graphic novel, so now I'm placing that in terms of Marvel time. And um, no, it works out perfectly. If if Petrus is like a couple years younger than Ahura, then it would work out just right. I mean, how old how old is Petrus? If assuming that graphic novel was something like five or six years ago, Marvel time. The, I would say Petrus, Petrus is, is about 12. 10. Tw- yeah, 10. Okay. And Ahura age so, is oddly, so... 
Ahura seemed to be about, what, 16, 17? He's 16, but he somehow leaped Luna in age, and it was never quite explained. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this is, I mean, Marvel time with regards to children is just insane. <laughs> Yeah. Poor Franklin Richards has been yeah, forever. Asian DAs like all over the place. Franklin Richards has been like five for years now. It's, uh... Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, given given the okay, basically in four we learn something about uh, Gorgon's wife and. Uh, She's referred to as the mother of his children. Oh, um, children. Which okay. would, yeah, which would basically imply that. Let's let's think about the timeline. Um, Gorgon and Minxie would have been, you know, yeah, six after seven. a decent interval after um, the death of his wife. Okay, got it. Uh, and, and I think I think with that, and, and we, we've definitely got some emails about this. So I've definitely been like, um, no, I think I think it works. Um, but yeah, we were definitely talking about like the timeline of it and the Marvel timeline of it, and how you know where where these kids came from, and you know what what the situation was, um, and part of that. There is a there is a reason behind all this, but um, you know we'll we'll sort of get to it. Well, you, you, uh, you're but not yeah, no, we predict do. anything, so it's because it was never explicitly stated. Well, that's that's the important thing, but um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this all this all fit in fairly nicely, and that's that's issue four. We we get that information. So, but yeah, I did I did decide I did decide that he was a widower. Um, Basically, because uh, it, yeah, it, it fitted in with some of the stuff I wanted to do with them, um, and it fitted in with some of my ideas of, of how to play his character. It's an interesting wrinkle, and I'm looking forward to it. It's um, it's neat to see him fleshed out much more. So, you know, we we've, we've seen Karnak fleshed out in the Warren Ellis book. Yeah, and, I mean, they were always and, kind of buddies weren't they they were like yeah. in fact are they because i know karnak is um triton's brother yes but you did already see karnak and gorgon hanging out yeah they were buddies they yeah. were thick as thieves and that kind of stopped i mean we never we never yeah. got to see what gorgon what gorgon's reaction was to karnak's suicide and and whatnot and um yeah. But uh, but you know the the royal family it was you know Medusa Crystal and Black Bolt got the lion's share of attention, whereas yeah. Karnak Triton and Gorgon were much more kind of supporting cast, and uh, we didn't get to hear a whole lot about their backgrounds. And now so it's cool to have them uh, more greatly fleshed out and to hear about you know the their other stories and <laughs> the well, mothers of their children and whatnot. Yeah, I mean hopefully. Um you know, people, uh, people, people like this new stuff. But yeah, no, we uh, we we learn a bit more in in issue four, and I won't I won't say you know what the circumstances of all that are, but um, pretty soon it'll be on shelves. Can't wait. Uh, are you so? 
I, I, I won't ask about what went down that, that John Boy Myers uh, left the book, but are, are you hoping to get like a permanent artist that will be sort of mean? We, we do have some gray artists coming up. Um, and let's see on solicits. I think it's, um, it's Kevin LeBrander who's on the, am I, am I getting that right? On the, um, issue six, of, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's basically, um, on board for the, the universe and human story. And he's great. And yeah, I've then, only seen a few issues he's done, but I'm really excited about his work. Uh, I know, I know. After that, um, I know who we're going after that. I don't know if it's like an announcement thing. Ah. Um, I don't know if like uh, I'm supposed to sort of sit on it and then you know we make a big thing out of it. So um, I won't say who it is now. Well, I was just asking because you know I look at I look at Ultimate Squared and it seems that you know creating a good tandem between you between the script and the art is very important to you. Oh, um, I'm very well. I'm 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 extremely happy. I, all the all the artists we're getting, like um, they're all doing great work, and they're they're all like. Uh, I mean, like I say, I don't. You know, the only reason I'm not. Um, I don't know if it's like a big announcement thing or, I, you know, or, or I just get right into it. But I mean, seriously, I'm really happy with the artists we're getting. It's like, it's going to be some amazing looking stuff. Far um, out. Really good looking stuff. Like, um, and there's been some, I mean, there's been some design happening that everybody's, everybody's kind of jumping on, on like designs and, uh, so it's great because we got kind of different, you know, we had John Boy's designs to start off with, and now we're getting um, Kevin's designed like a um, a character who, again, I'm sorry, everything out of my mouth is a spoiler, but uh, <laughs> he's designed a character who, like, I'm really happy with his take. And then, you know, the... Um, yeah, there are. There are. It's it's going to be really good. It's going to be really kind of visually visually good looking. But we're getting some we're getting some great artists. Um, we're really kind of. It's yeah. Seriously, I couldn't be. I couldn't really be happier with you know how how the situations turned out in terms. I'm excited of, in to terms hear of the, the announcements. Art. It'll be it'll be good. I mean, I hope I hope after all of the secrecy that it does turn out to be an announcement with a capital A. It's not just like the solicit drops and suddenly, suddenly you know who it is. But um, <laughs> I'm sort of playing it safe because you know I don't really know what the. Um, well, I like. I think uh, I don't really know how to pronounce his name. Kevin Labranda. I think so. I mean, I could be. But um. um I love. I really enjoyed his work on Uncanny Avengers, and I'm excited to see him illustrate the uh, the Royals. He is. That's- he is really good. I've seen like about. Um, oh, I think I've seen so far. We've we've had a few pages in the inbox, um, and 
because I start every issue with the five thousand years in the future stuff. Right. Um, that's that's what I've seen first. Is his take on that, and that's really um, that's really amazing. And actually, no, no, I think about it. Yeah, no, yeah, I've seen. Um, yeah, no, that's that is really amazing. His take on that, and oh uh, the. Yeah, some of the uh, some of the other stuff. Um, he's just really good. He's just extremely good. <laughs> and 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 the work that Tony Silas has been doing has been great too. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic. He's really um, he does a really amazing Ronan. He's so like cool. taken. Um, yeah, no, he's taken the ball in terms of Ronan getting cosmic powers and just kind of run with it there was a bit where like um i had kind of run and do a thing and he basically got to back to me with like i'd really like this to be a double page spread so because um, <laughs> it was kind of an action beat and i was like well okay um and you know we kind of worked out where we could lose a page and yeah and he, he did it as a double page spread and it looks absolutely phenomenal um it looks, and that's next this year actually that's issue four so, maybe um, maybe we will coordinate the release of this uh, um, episode in tandem with uh, with that there issue. Is, yeah, we are talking a lot about issue four. Um, oh. So you know, people when people read this while listening to this podcast, then they'll uh, they'll see uh, most of the things that we were talking about. Cool. Um, now, having Medusa lose her hair—that's a pretty bold decision. I did. Did you have to run that one up the the editorial um, chain before you went forward? Yeah, I think we were like um, originally. I think the original plan was that she would have already have lost her hair in Prime. Oh, um, wow. you can see in Prime it doesn't move very much. And it sort of moves around a little bit, but not very much. And the idea, the idea is that it's already, you know, it's already starting to die. It's already. You could actually um, see that throughout, like in the pro- progression of the issue, actually, and in Royals One, you could see it because it's, it progressively looks worse throughout the issue. If you paid attention, that was that, that was planned. We were going to like. Um, I mean, I think we decided we decided at the end that would like actually start falling out at the end of one. Oh, but like, wow. yeah, the and I, I guess the idea was that um, we wanted to do this thing of like, what's when you take away an Inhumans like special gift? You know what? What's the reaction? How does it? Um, how does it affect them? And like, what happens? when Medusa is no longer Medusa. You know, what what kind of... What does she become then? Yeah. And we kind of... And this the thing, the bit in two, which was basically... She's kind of dying. She's dying, but then she has to... Rally. She finds herself having to step up and having to take command and take control. Um... <laughs> And basically because, you know, the person that she's assumed is Black Bolt, you know, is is not and is not gonna do the job. And that's sort of that's sort of the first step on 
a journey towards something for her. And yeah, I I honestly do not at this point know if the hair is coming back. Hmm. Oh, but she's not going to, is she going to maintain this kind of pixie cut or is she going to go full bald? Um, or to be determined? We, we are, we're, I mean, I know, I know what her hair's going to look like in nine. Okay. Um, I, I saw that that uh, that um, Myers had some pictures, and there was one where she kind of looked like uh, Furiosa from Mad yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was a bit too Furiosa. We were like, we've got to do that, Matt. But we did really like it. Um, no, he was he was great. We, I think, I feel like during the design process, we kind of we sort of got to a place where you know. It was like um, she had kind of the optimum amount of hair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's there's a progression, and we'll see what that progression is. Yeah, those costumes and, are great. Yeah, and you know she might she might be the one who doesn't come back. So mm. um, I you know I won't I won't say where that art goes because yeah we might we might end up taking that all the way. Um, although there are, you know, with with Maximus off the chopping block, probably there are like about five other people it could be. So you know, uh, her odds are pretty good. Well, she's got a one in five. Yeah, twenty percent. Twenty five percent. It's stressful, like that, like having that hang over your head every issue. You're like, which one's it gonna be? I love them all. Well, this is it. We're kind of explain. Um, <laughs> Sorry. As as the series goes on, there are going to be people who get reprieves. Um, there are going to be people who sort of it becomes. Uh, I, I don't know. I want it. I want. I don't want it to be like it could be anybody right up until the final moment. I want there to be a kind of thing where the readers can start crossing people off the list. Right. Uh, because that makes it even more stressful for the people who are left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It has a sort of a Poseidon adventure feel to it. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, uh, except in reverse. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so we already, I mean, we already know, you know, just because Maximus is in the future. Right. We already know you know, and do you know what? I'm just going to say it's not him. It's not. Um, <laughs> there we go. So, okay. So now it's now it's one in six. Um, now, is there any chance that it like um, it, we always know it's six, but might it be the same six? I mean, might might uh, oh what you Novar mean? Two of, leave... two of them die, and they bring they bring a new a new person on. Yeah, well, or one dies, and a, or you know that that Novar stays on on Hala and another person joins the team. Something like that. Um Maybe. It'd, it'd be a nice way it'd be a nice way to kind of uh wrong foot wrong foot the reader a little. But what we'd lose is people want to kind of be invested in the cast. Right. Um I kind of feel like if uh I mean, I guess, you know, we we could leave Nova and Hala, but then we're kind of, um, you know, I, I, I think I've got more to say 
with yeah. them once. I prefer he stay. Yeah. I like him. Well, this is a. It's. Um, I kind of feel like once people are invested in the cast, it's almost a cheat to sort of drop one of them off, which isn't. You know, it's not a rational thought. No, I think it makes sense. Yeah. And comic book deaths are not always uh, permanent, shall we say. (laughs) Well, I mean... For you, I mean, in your... I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, promise, you know, that in... Yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee that anyone stays there. Right. I don't, I don't have that power. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like Barry Allen came back. Um, yeah. Uncle Ben, I don't think has come back. No, Bucky Uncle Ben, back. Bucky came back. I think he's dead again. Um, <laughs> he is. Uncle Ben, I think Uncle Ben and uh, and Mr. and Mrs. Wayne are the only characters who we can imagine will always be dead. Although they didn't Uncle I mean, Ben sort of come back recently in the. Spider-Man. It was a cologne. Oh, and right. the clones so he doesn't don't count. Alright, that doesn't count. Alright. <laughs> I also like that the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, has always remained dead because that. Yeah, is... they, they flirted with it a couple of times, but I don't think. Um, I don't think he's come back. I mean, not to my knowledge, anyway. Uh, but. Jim Starlin, death of Captain Marvel was so poignant and profound it'd be it'd be a shame to kind of undermine it it would i mean on the other hand though if a story is good enough yeah. i mean anything goes in in terms of continuity anything goes i think like, we'll, we'll be seeing marvel in the generations uh series yeah i'm not i'm not involved with any of that um i think it's mostly the the current writers of the uh <laughs> Of the books in question, but uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have a have a generations title of my own um, to plug at this point. Uh, no, it's yeah. There's you got all the there's not a yeah, no, generation. Got, <laughs> you got your hands full. I do have my hands full. I'm uh, for the foreseeable future. I've got plenty to be going on with. Uh, lots of stuff, including some yet to be announced stuff. So, oh boy, uh, sounds good. I'll say no. I'll say no more about that. But, That's yeah. exciting, and so uh, cool, and a lot of stuff in outer space. Yeah, I. Space you just kind of like. I've got really into weekend. space. I think even. Um, yeah, I think. Ah uh, oh, man, no, we're doing we're doing a lot with space. Um, Are I'm the talking US to Avengers um, going to go into space. Uh, the US Avengers, yeah, um, they are going to go into space. I've got, <laughs> I've got a space story in mind for them. Um, uh, beyond that, I'll, uh, I'll keep it quiet because I don't think the, um, I don't think the solicits for that are out yet. But I've been, I don't know. I've been sort of talking vaguely. On interviews, people people can probably put two and two together at this point, but I don't think it's at a stage I can say any more than that. Got it. That you know, I am doing a space story with the US Avengers. They, you know, there will be some space, <laughs> and then yeah, there's lots of lots of space happening in in Ultimate Squared. Um, Rocket is obviously set completely in space, and so is Royal. So yeah, 
it's all space. I've, I've, I've somehow found myself in this. Um, oh, you're yeah, very space oriented. mood. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in a in a big smug mood at the moment. That's the wrong um, bat. Well, diamond dogs. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's good. I've got some. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of got a lot of ideas about space. Uh, and to be honest, I'm sort of I'm sort of uh, shooting my bolts with regards to space on this because after this, I'm not going to be able to for a while. The next time I pitch something, I'm not going to be able to say, "Yeah, we're going into space." Right, <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame because that was, yeah, that was. Um, there's at least one novel character, and you know, maybe one day I'll do this. So I won't. I won't say who, but my go-to thing with with them was always like, "Yeah, they're going to going into space." <laughs> <laughs> Just going to go into space. Everybody goes into space. <laughs> well. You know, at this so, point in American history, at least, I'm ready to go to space, so. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. In world we'll see history. What, yeah, we'll see what happens on Thursday. But, yeah, I mean, assuming I'm still um, able to go into space. <laughs> I'll get, uh, in, get into an Astro Wraith outfit and go into outer space. Yeah, yeah that'll be good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, All right. This was terrific. I, I so appreciate not only you taking the time to talk to us, but all the fantastic work and stories you've been doing in the oh, books. Well, thank, and, thank you very much for thanks very much for having me on, and thank you for not uh, for not asking me any difficult questions. Because <laughs> um, I've got I've actually got a podcast I'm doing tomorrow where I'm going to pick my desert island comics. <laughs> that sounds good. Be, that it's it's going to be fun, but going to be tough. I mean, yeah. Man, I can only have three. Oh God! Yeah, huh. take oh, it's, right. I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to think about it. But you know, take omnibuses. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it'll have to. Yeah, it'll just be omnibuses. You know. Yeah. Mm. Desert Island Comics. I haven't heard that one before. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I will. I mean, I think by the time this podcast goes up, that one might be up as well. So I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name for that. Oh, I, I saw the. I think that it, it, they said it was going live on Monday. I think. Was that, oh, was that okay. another so, one? I mean, by the time if it's going live on Monday, then by the time wow, uh, by the time uh, this one comes out, that will already be out. You'll be able to link to it. Yeah, I, I forgot who who it was, but they're already. Um, someone was already advertising uh, interview with you going up on Monday. So. Yep. I guess that's I think them. it's. I think it's Comics 101 or something. Like I think or... so. I can't remember. Um... But this yeah. has been your favorite podcast so far. Oh, yeah. No, this has been my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite of the weekend so far. Awesome. Um, That's good. Good, it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'll... I'll you know, uh, oh. I'm sure the other one will be I'll be good as well. I just need to think of what my Tesla Island comics are between now and then. You can do it. Just uh, go, have to... go something really weird. Just say you're taking oh. all of Omega the Unknown with you or something. Uh, <laughs> Omega the, yeah, no, I need to, I need to read Omega the Unknown. There it's you like... go. <laughs> well, you could be a bit, um, a bit, what is it, narcissistic and just take uh, just three that you've written yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awful. No, I'll that. take three that uh, no, one, no one has heard of. 
So there you go. One yeah. last question um, before we go. Yep. Will you be at New okay. York Comic Con this year? Um, I won't, I'm afraid. Uh, I sort of let the um, I let the kind of uh, the date of registration um, slip by. Oh, Oops. so sad. Um, part, part of that was sort of, um, um, you know, I'm kind of, I don't think I'm actually doing any American conventions this year. Which you doing is any, partly, uh, I was going to say, doing any British ones. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to be at Thought Bubble. I'm going to be at Glasgow. Uh, oh, okay. Glasgow Comic Con at the end of, um, at the end of the month. I think it's uh, very early in July. I think it's the first. Yeah. And that's like a one-day event. That's Saturday in Glasgow. Um, But that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, we're doing that. And then um, I was in Dunfermline recently. I think I'm in the Killy Comic Con also in Scotland. Um, And I'm definitely Thought Bubble, and maybe maybe a couple of others depending on how my workload ends up. And but no, no American ones, and that's Sad. pretty much uh, a mixture of just not, not kind of getting the forms in on time because you have to fill out a lot of forms with American con. Uh, you've got to kind of, <clears throat> you've got to convince them that you're a real person. <laughs> and the other one is that I really, I, I really don't want to take my phone through customs. I really right. don't. Want to. Yeah, I can't say I've said, blame I've, you for that. Yeah, I've said, I've said some rude things. <laughs> I'm sad because last year, I and mean, you probably don't remember this, but last year um, you were in line behind me Comic Con for coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, vaguely. Um, <laughs> I think I said something to you, and I kicked myself because I didn't have, I hadn't brought any of my Ultimate Comics for you to sign because I didn't look at the guest list that closely. <laughs> no, it's I. I'm very bad at being on the uh, being on the websites of these things. I. I, I'm just I'm uh, it's it's a very different kind of it's a it's a different vibe um, I think because the American cons are so much bigger and they're much bigger they're much much more like um, they require a lot of because you know they're these enormous things that like span entire convention centers and that's like um, and yeah, and for whatever reason, I'm just very bad at getting, you know, my name on the website. So I'll I'll turn up and I'll you know I'll, I'll maybe have a table or maybe I'll just be floating around doing a couple of signings in a panel. And like people will always come up to me and go, "Oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. I didn't bring anything." And it's huh. like that's pretty much entirely my fault. Whereas with British ones, um, I can just sort of answer a couple of emails and then. You know, people know I'm there, and it's cool. but it's 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 smaller scale because you know obviously you can fit like two Britons in every American state or something. <laughs> I true. forget how it is. I forget how it is exactly, but it's like um, yeah, it's it's it. They're generally they're generally smaller scale, but it's still pretty hectic. Still, you know. Yeah, I was at MCM was uh, in the four figures. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the ones here in to... Chicago are too big for me. Like, it's it's just too. It's almost claustrophobic. Yeah, this is this is the first year in a couple of years I've not been to the Chicago one. Um, but yeah, that's that's an interesting one because that's the hotel and the convention. They're in the same building, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's always very useful. <laughs> Although it does mean you're kind of away from the city itself a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get that that little convention center is is a bit removed from the city too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's odd. No, I do I do like I do like going there. So well, next next time you're here, maybe I'll well next next year, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see the layout of land next year, and then yeah, I might I might make my uh, triumphant return to the states. Yeah. Uh, if you're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll be you know without my phone. <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, but it's 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 all British comps this year uh, for me. All yeah. right, Adam, you got some traveling to do. Oh, I I can't go to Scotland. That's too far. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really, can't you go everywhere on the train there? You can, but it'd be about a nine-hour train drive. Oh, uh, train wow, that's nothing. From the from the southwest, yeah, it's, yeah, because it's that's... across as well. It's not it's not the up and down. It's it, yeah, basically, if I if I need to go anywhere north, I have to go to either Bristol, or Basingstoke, or London to get anywhere north, and each of those are at least forty fifty miles away. So yeah. <laughs> mental. Whereas I'm I'm starting out in the north. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's I mean Leeds is Leeds is right on my doorstep. So That's thought bubbles yeah. thought bubbles are a yearly event for me. I That's good. To get the thought That's bubble, good. that just sounds like a blast. It is great. Um, I I did make a promise not to DJ again this year. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was d- that was Gillen's job. I I am also. Um, <laughs> I I yeah I'm, I'm the I'm the unsung uh, member oh. of the DJ. Um, no, I've been no. We uh, we I remember the first year we started DJing, and um, no, I was I was involved. Dueling, um, I like it. Yeah, well, it's it's basically it's. It's me, Gillan McKelvey, Anthony Johnson, and I think we're the four who've been every year without fail up until this coming year. Nice. And uh, Kieran, I think, made the decision to um, that we were going to step aside and let new blood in. And I don't oh. think Anthony's stepping aside. I think Anthony's just going right on. <laughs> um, no one's going to stop me. No, as... And you know he he plays a great set, so you know, uh, frankly good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if everybody else goes back on their word, then I probably will as well. Uh, on the <laughs> other hand, I might I might take a year off and see what's happening in the pubs. That always works um, too. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. No, thank you. And um, where can uh, we find you on Twitter? Because um, uh, so you can get more followers. If they're not following you already, um, I'm well. I'm on Twitter at al under. It's at al underscore Ewing. Um, oh. There are other Al Ewings on Twitter. I'm I not them. Um, <laughs> you can you can tell it's me because my my little Twitter picture at the moment is a picture of Galactus. The golden and Galactus. my banner. My banner is Johnny Storm saying, "We're ants. We're just ants." Uh, which is one of my favourite Fantastic Four moments. <laughs> so that's that's how you know it's me. I don't have a blue tick, but it is me. Um, Very I'm just good. not interested in confirming that. <laughs> and that's that's the only place I'm I'm on in social media. I keep a, I keep a fairly low social media profile, so good to that's know. the place I'm available. And yeah, I don't have the Twitter. It's... Uh, that's okay. You um, can go ahead. And if you ask me a question on Twitter. 
I will say that uh, the the author has died, and <laughs> it's up to you to interpret the text yourself. So you know, well, bear that in be, mind. It'll be nicer than the answers that um, that Jonathan Hickman used to give, which was always I've super I've crazy. never I've never seen him on on Twitter. I mean, I I, I occasionally. I don't know if I'm following him or not. I feel like I should be. But I, 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 he, he pops might not up from time, but no, he does because he pops up on my Twitter from time to time, and he usually has some smart-ass comments. Pretty funny. <laughs> I know every every so often I I see him saying something funny, but I I don't know if that's me following him or him being retweeted into my timeline. And and uh, and our Twitter is, is... at Adelan Rising One, and you can always find us at. Uh, www.adelanrising.com and please guys we would love to hear from you email us at the show at adelanrising.com thank you thank you